1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And when you find yourself there, we're going to look at verses 1 down through 15. So read with me together this morning, standing as we look at this passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. And uh, that's going to be our whole text. But let's just, for sake of uh, time and for your standing there through all of these verses, let's just read together out loud verses 13 through 15. And uh, all three verses together. 1 Corinthians 3.13 Together, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built upon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the reading of your word. And may you instruct us today in what you uh, want us to learn. Each and every individual is uh, on a different uh, level of Christian growth. And we each need something. But Lord, help us to listen to what the Bible says today. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Pray for me. I lost my glasses. I've only been wearing glasses for three or four weeks, and I've already lost them. So just pray for that issue. They're around here somewhere, and I went looking for them this morning. I got here early and couldn't find them. And so it's kind of a struggle. I'm not blind, but I do. Uh, things do get blurry, and it's hard to see things So uh, as far as reading. But 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 1, and the Bible says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal. Now he's not commending them. He's not commending the Corinthians. He's reprimanding them. And he's, he's getting on them a little bit. He said, I wish I could speak to you as a spiritual person, as a spiritual church, but I can't. He said, you're fleshly, you're carnal. He said, and he said, you're even babes in Christ. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear the meat. Neither yet now are ye able. He said, you know, when you start out in the Christian walk, of course you can't eat spiritual meat yet. You have to drink some milk. You have to uh, take things a little bit at a time. But there comes a point where you should be able to take strong meat and, uh, and to be able to uh, handle some, uh, some stronger teaching and deeper things spiritually. He said, but, he said, verse 3, for ye are yet, the next word is what? Carnal. That uh, word carnal means fleshly. You're not spirit-led, you're flesh-led. You're not sowing to the spirit like a, a, a Christian ought to at some point uh, be sowing more to the spirit than to the flesh. You should be putting off the things of the flesh, but you're not. You said you're carnal. For whereas there is among you, so he's saying in the church, among you as the members of this church, there's envying there's jealousy, there's, there's strife, there's fighting, there's divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? He said, you're walking, you're acting, you're behaving like unsaved people. But you're God's disciples, you're God's children, you're God's church. And he said, you're, you're walking and, and acting like unsaved people. He said, for while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Now, Paul and Apollos were spiritual leaders, and uh, they were divided. He says there's divisions in the church. They were dividing themselves and uh, among personalities and uh, different personalities that they were following. 
And uh, in their carnal thinking, they were putting too much focus on man. Now, my friend, God uses men, amen? And uh, God uses women, amen? And God uses people, and I'm so thankful to be put into God's work and ministry. And uh, you should be saying, praise God, I'm glad that I'm able to serve the Lord. And God uses my, my life, and He uses your work and your labor. And that's a blessing, that you can be a part of God's ministry. But sometimes we put the focus too much on mankind. And we forget that it's not us and it's not that preacher or that Sunday school teacher or uh, somebody that's influencing us for the Lord. It's not them, but it's who's in them, working through them. It's God doing the work through them. He uses us, but we, we, we're not the, we're not the uh, answer. God is the answer. And we're just the channel of blessing through which God uses and works. Amen? And uh, so the problem was, because of their carnality, they weren't thinking spiritually. They were focusing on the men in the church and not on the God of the church. They're not looking at Jesus Christ. Now, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so we're supposed to not look at Paul, but rather look past Paul and see Jesus Christ. And verse number five, who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? He said, but they are what? They're ministers. He said, who are they? They're ministers. Now, uh, many times we look at that word minister, that's translated minister there, and we think, wow, you know, they're ministers, they're reverends. You know, these are the big shots, right? And uh, that, like uh, reverend, uh, and, you know, you hear all those titles thrown around out there, right? And uh, the minister and the preacher. And, uh, but that word actually in the Greek is diac- uh, uh, diaconus, or diaconus, however you want to say it. But it's diaconus. What, what word does that sound like? Deacon. And what does deacon mean? Diaconus or diaconus means servant. He said they're servants. They're, these guys, who are they? He said they're servants. Uh, they are, uh, you know, your favorite teacher is just a servant. They're not the honored guest. They're the servants. They're the table waiter. And these guys are supposed to be the, uh, not at the head of the table. They're not the owner of the house. These guys are the servants. They're not the makers of the, uh, of the food. They're the table waiters. And he says, who are they? They're deacons. They're servants by whom ye have believed. And praise God, by whom ye have believed. But it's not in whom ye have believed. It's through whom. It's their ministry. You're not putting your faith in them. And my friend, if, uh, if you get saved because... You were moved by what somebody said, and, and you, you come and you, you come to the service, and it was an emotional experience. And it's, oh, well, man, they saved me. What they said was a help to my life, and praise God for things that people can say and can help us. But if, if you're putting your faith in that person, in that church, in that philosophy, and you don't put your faith completely 100% in Jesus' uh, sacrifice on the cross, His grace to man, uh, you're putting your faith in something that's faulty and something that can fail, right? And uh, Jesus Christ is the object of our faith for salvation. And it's through uh, the preacher or through the Sunday school teacher or through the servant of God that we are reached. But it's not by them. Uh, It's through them. uh, And it's not of them. He says there, it's by whom, not in whom, okay? Even as the Lord gave to every man. 
And uh, he says there in verse 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but, what's the next phrase? Read it with me to the end of the verse. God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything. He's saying, Apollos, he's nothing, and neither he that watereth. Uh, 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 you know, Paul is nothing, but neither he that watereth. Paulus is nothing either, but God giveth the increase. And, uh, and, you know, it was the Holy Spirit working through Paul and Apollos. It was God who labors in us to do anything profitable. And, um, and now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now, if you plant a seed and you don't water the ground, guess what happens? Nothing. There's no harvest. If you water the ground but forget to plant the seed, usually we forget to water. It's not the other way around. But let's just say you're, you're hoping that you're going to have a harvest and you just water the field. And uh, you, 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 know, you, you might say, well, I, I, uh, I worked really hard to uh, break up all the clods and to plow the field. And, I, and I, I spent a lot of money watering that field. But you just somehow forgot to plant the seed. What are you going to have? Nothing. You need to have somebody plant the seed, and then you also have to water the ground and the seed, right? And, uh, but if you don't do either, or one, you forget one, you're not going to have a harvest. We have to work together. We're working together. There's not one person in here that can take credit for anyone getting saved. Amen? It's a group effort. We all work together. And um, we're, uh, it's not a one-man show. But that's not to say, as he says in the rest of verse number 8, it's not to say we won't receive appropriate rewards for our labor. He said, now it's a group effort. It's not a one-man show. He said, verse 8, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now, if you do work for the Lord, you will receive a reward. If you labor, you'll have something to show for it in the end. But don't think that it's all you that's getting the job done for the Lord's work. Amen? Verse 9, For we are laborers together with who? With God. Ye are God's husbandry, and ye are God's building. Paul uses a metaphor here, and he's saying, you are God's cultivated ground. Okay? You're God's husbandry. And uh, then he uses a, a, a phrase here, you are God's building. Um, and it's a, uh, uh, to say that uh, we are... Uh, something that God created. It's not us. It's God that does the work. Paul was saying that all had been done for them. Everything that had been done in them and through them and for them had been accomplished by God. Verse number 10, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. And uh, that word builder, master builder, wise master builder is the Greek word architecton. And uh, Paul was using this word not to say he had preeminence over his brethren, not to say that I'm somehow smarter than you, but uh, he had proceeded in his work as a skillful architect who uh, first lays a foundation. He's putting the emphasis on the wisdom that comes from God. He's saying, as a smart architect, I did something really important first. What's the next phrase in verse number 10 or verse 11? I'm sorry, it's verse 10, he said, I have laid the foundation. 
and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. What is the foundation that he laid as a smart architect? Obviously, you would not build a building without putting a foundation down first. Okay? If you look across the street here on Howell Avenue, I walked down there the other night, and they're building, uh, they, a few months ago now, they moved a house down the street on Sunday morning uh, over to this property on the opposite side of the street, and it's all the way at the back of the lot, and I thought, well, that's where they're going to build it. No, they're not going to keep the building there. They had to put a foundation down first. And for some reason, they decided to move the house there, then build the foundation. And so they are building a basement, and it's almost done. And guess what they're going to do after that basement is complete, and they're ready to go with that foundation? They're going to move the house on top of it. Because if they left the house where it is, it's not going to last through the storms and through all of the, uh, the years that they would hope to uh, have a house last, right? And uh, nobody would move into that thing. I hope you wouldn't move into that house without a foundation underneath it. And you wouldn't definitely put something valuable in that house without a foundation. And uh, the foundation, verse number 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so when Paul established or helped to establish these young Christians in Corinth, he, he began with the right foundation. When we begin a church with the wrong philosophy, when it's not about God, but rather it's about man, it's not about God's work and God's kingdom in the gospel, but it's rather about being an entertainment center, then we're building on the wrong foundation. We're building a church for the wrong reason. And, and Paul says, I'm building this foundation uh, of the church on the right foundation. That is, verse 11, Jesus Christ. And um, he says there, verse 12, For now if any man build on this foundation, who is the foundation? Jesus Christ. And, and, and just think of this foundation as uh, another word of saying even our, our salvation. Okay? Uh, you were saved, so God gave you a foundation. That's Jesus Christ. He says, this is what you build on. Uh, the Bible tells us in, first, uh, in Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verse 8. Can you quote that verse with me? For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith in who? Jesus. Uh, Jesus' finished work. The grace of God for all mankind. God's gift to man. Jesus dying on the cross in our place. For by grace are you saved through faith in Jesus Christ, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And the Bible says in verse number 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now, sometimes we forget good works are important. We preach so much, you're not saved by works, you're saved by grace through faith. Sometimes we forget works are important, not for salvation, but after we're saved. Works don't get you into heaven. Works follow you into heaven. Amen? So after you're saved, you should get busy serving the Lord. You should start building on that foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, hey, if they just had that basement over there and nothing else on top of it, that would be kind of silly. I mean, good night. At least put a tent up or something. The foundation's important. Not to say it isn't. You couldn't have a house without a foundation. You can't go to heaven without Jesus Christ. But that's not the end of the story, my friend. You think God saved you just to leave you here and just to let you live in this miserable world and to just exist without any hope or without any help? He gave us the Holy Spirit to do uh, the work of God. 
Jesus Christ uh, said, my work's not complete here, but I'm leaving you guys here, my disciples, to do the rest of, of, of the evangelizing in the world, to take the gospel into all the world. And a part of that is being faithful right where you are here. You might say, God didn't call me to uh, Zimbabwe. God didn't call me to uh, Australia or Europe or anywhere else. But God did leave you and placed you. He didn't leave you. He placed you where you are right now. He said, get busy. Build on that foundation where you're at. Be busy serving God and, and, and leaving, uh, 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 laboring for the Lord and leaving a work, uh, a finished product uh, for the, the, the kingdom of God. You know, after you're gone, once you go to heaven, there's no more labor. That's why the Bible says, work for the night is coming. You can't work anymore once you go to heaven. It's all done. You see right in front of me here is this, this beautiful pulpit. Right where, right where I'm standing. Now you don't see all of the labor that went into this pulpit. But you do see the work. The finished work. This is the product. And, and that this is what's in the Bible many times referred to as your work. Your life's work. But labor produces work. Or a work. A product. And once you are in heaven, your works will follow you there, but your labor is done. You don't have any more time to serve God. So get busy while you have time. And, and so we see there in verse number uh, 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 12. Now, if any man build on this foundation gold, silver, and precious stones. So we see uh, three good things. Three things that have already been through the fire and have been tried. And then we see three other things, wood, hay, and stubble. We get the idea of things that are perishable, things that will burn up. And verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest. or the, It shall be seen, it shall be revealed. For the day shall declare it. Because it, your work, your product, shall be revealed by what? Fire. fire. And we see a test coming, don't we? This is the judgment seat of Christ. And the fire shall try every man's work according uh, of what sort it is. If any man's work abide or lasts, which he hath built thereupon. Built on what? Say it with me, class. The what? What do we build on? We build on the foundation. So if, you, if any man's work abide or remains, which he hath built thereon, Thereupon he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet is so by fire. We see there in verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest. Okay, on that day, the judgment seat of Christ. Every man's work shall be made manifest. There's not going to be any kind of uh, whitewashing or sugarcoating. It's going to be revealed. It's a day of revelation. That's point number one. The judgment seat of Christ that day. It's going to be a wonderful day. I'm not trying to paint a, a morbid picture for you. We're looking forward to that day. Amen? And uh, we should not be ashamed at the Lord's coming. Let's do everything we can so that we're ready for the day of, of the Lord and the judgment seat of Christ. But he says it's a day of revelation. Every man's work shall be made manifest. It's going to be seen. And it's not going to be from our point of view. It's going to be from God's point of view. God's looking at our work. He's the judge. Now, if I was judging your work, I'd give you all A pluses, I think. <laughs> we got real, you know, 
into the nitty-gritty, maybe not, maybe a few A minuses, but I think I'd give you all A's, okay? And I, I hope you would have a, a good report card, okay? Uh, as a good uh, church member and a, a friend, a brother or sister in Christ, amen? But we're not looking from man's point of view, your pastor's point of view. Your pastor's not going to be with you at the judgment seat of Christ. Your parents aren't going to be with you at the judgment seat of Christ. You're not going to be able to hire a high-powered lawyer to represent you at the judgment seat of Christ. You're going to be there alone with your life's work. And everything will be open. There's no closed records. There's no privacy. There's no HIPAA laws. I mean, it's open. And, and, and my friend, if you got right with the Lord today, you don't have to be ashamed, okay? If you're not saved, call upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. Because there's another judgment for the unsaved. And if you made it to this one, there's going to be a lot of rejoicing. Amen. You can know today, the Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the Lord, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you may know that you have eternal life. But it's a day of revelation. Man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. Luke 16, 15. You don't have to turn there, but it'll be up there on the screen. The Bible says, Jesus is saying here, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts. He knows what's inside your mind. He knows what's in your heart. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to the Lord. Now, what we say is important, may not be important to God. What we emphasize and what we live for many times, what we think is important in this life is not important to God. You know, if you, uh, if you die without Christ, it doesn't matter how much money you made in this life. Now, if you live for yourself and you, you, you are saved, praise God for that, but it doesn't matter. Because that didn't matter to God. You might say, well, I had a nice life and I got to do a lot of great things. And I, I, you know, but that, what matters to God is what's important. General Booth, who uh, I believe he founded the Salvation Army. This is many, many, many years ago. But he told a story about a man leaving Australia. He had been working in the gold fields and he had acquired quite a fortune. And... He was on a ship that sprung a leak, and the lifeboats were lost, and the people were without hope. This man, strong man, thought, well, I can fight the currents, and I can make it all the way to that island over there. And he was about ready to jump into the water when a little girl whose mother had been lost in the storm asked him, Sir, can you save me? And he looked at his belt of gold, and he looked at the child, he looked back at his belt uh, of gold, and, and he threw the belt of gold away and took her on his back and threw himself into the sea. He struggled uh, through the waves and made it all the way to the shore. The next day when he regained consciousness, the little girl put her arms around his neck and her lips to his cheek and said, I am so glad that you saved me. That was worth more than all the gold in Australia. And that is the soul winner's reward. So, my friend, what we think is so important in this life, the gold of this life in heaven might just be wood, hay, and stubble. What we live for 
And what we think is important may not be exactly what God says is important. So we should check everything with the word of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.13, let's look at it again. He says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And um, you see there in verse uh, 13, he said, The fire shall try or test every man's work of what, and what's the next word, what sort it is. So we see there, uh, he doesn't say what size it is, he says what sort it is. He's saying that quality is more important than quantity. And so I want to look at two things uh, just for a second here, uh, two areas that we can test, a little bit of a litmus test to see what is important to us, is it important to God, does God, uh, is, how's God going to judge that work, how's God going to judge our labor, and the first thing I want to just see is our attitude, why do we do what we do? Now, some people are forced into service. You know, they're, yeah, well, I got I to gotta clean the church because that's what I'm supposed to do. Nobody else is going to do it. And so I just guess I better do it. Or some people even give to the work of it. Well, nobody else is doing it, so I guess I better give because, you know, the pastor's going to uh, ask me, well, did you give to missions? And, and uh, oh, there's always that, you know, that, uh, that, that, that big... Uh, 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 pressure job that they put on us at missions conference and and I, I don't want to be uh, looked at as somebody that's stingy and doesn't care about the loss and so I guess I better just give or uh, you know nobody else wants to work in the nursery and, and I guess I'm stuck down here again nursery workers amen thank God for you and uh, you're watching two of mine or one of mine we got two of them out of there now praise the Lord for you and uh, AJ's a handful he's worth three right right there but and uh yeah, I, I guess I better sing because somebody has to. And that's why we do it after all, because we have to. No, we should go into the service of the Lord with a good attitude and say there's joy in serving Jesus. When we serve the Lord with the right motive, there is joy. And, uh, and, and our attitude is important to God. Because God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside, but God sees more than what man sees. You might be saying, well, I'm singing with a smile on my face. But is there joy in your heart? Do you have the right attitude? And then also I want to look at ability. Luke 12, 48. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be more, uh, much required. Uh, God is going to require more from some people than others. Why? Because some people have more ability than others. Amen. I'm glad that God is not going to test us according to somebody else's ability, but according to our ability. That's a blessing. You know, God is fair. You might say, well, God is, God, you know, God is a, a righteous judge, and I don't like that, that he's so judgmental. And, uh, but you've got to remember that God is also merciful and loving, and, and he's completely balanced. You know, there's not one of us that is completely perfect in our judgment, but God is. And he judges us not according to some other standard, but according to the standard that he gave us. 
Each of us have ability. You know the story of the talents, and we won't get into that, but he gave according to ability, and he also requires according to ability. Uh, I think of the story in Luke 21, uh, verse 3. We can look at that if, if, if you want to just look at it on the screen. But Jesus went to the temple one day, and he saw them giving in the offering. Uh, they were giving to uh, the temple treasury, and Jesus watched that little widow. She uh, got out the little widow's might. And, you know, there was people there that were giving tons of money that day. But she gave something that was not worth that much. That's all she had. That's all she had. It's everything she had. Do you know what Jesus said? The Bible says that she gave more than all of them. Than all of them. He didn't say she gave more than any of them. He said she gave more than all of them. Why? Because... She gave according to her ability. She gave a lot, but it was according to her ability. I want you to see that not only is it a day of uh, a revelation, but also it's a day of reward. Look at verse 14. If any man's work abide, which he shall hath built thereupon, he shall receive a what? A reward. A reward. Now, we've already looked at Ephesians 2.9, but it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, we understand that. Uh, but there our works after salvation that we will be judged according to. Uh, the Bible says in Revelation twenty two twelve, 12, uh, Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. Jesus is looking at our attitude. He's judging us according to our ability, but he will reward us someday. Praise God for that. Now, Lastly, it is also a day of regret for some. For some, verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, okay, that's the wood, hay, and stubble, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet as so by fire. You see that word loss? For some, it will be a day of regret, unfortunately. It'll be a time of loss. I don't like to lose. And... Uh, and you might say, well, Pastor, you don't always seem very competitive. I don't play a lot of sports because I, I hate losing. And I'm not that good. And, and, and I know I get in the wrong spirit when I get competitive. So I just don't do it a lot. But loss. Now, it doesn't matter if you lose a baseball game in this world. But if you lose... In heaven, at the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to have some regret. But I'm so thankful that this judgment isn't the end. <laughs> the Bible says that uh, there is a mansion prepared for all of us that are saved. There's an there's a, there's a eternity to praise God. And there's, uh, there is much to do in heaven. And the Bible even tells us that all tears will be wiped away. Praise God for that. But I don't want to have regret at the judgment seat of Christ. I don't want to have loss. And unfortunately, many people, I believe, have not built on their foundation the right things. After their salvation, they, 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 they added all of the things that are not that important. Imagine a Christian, if you would. He's truly saved. He has the right foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ. He's saved. But uh, he has lived for himself. He's lived a selfish life. And uh, 
His life is characterized by the wood, the hay, and the stubble. And it goes up in flames at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, my friend, is he going to heaven? If he loses everything at the judgment seat of Christ, is he going to heaven? Well, yes, he is. Look at verse number 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Look back at verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be, what? Saved. See, he built, verse 14, upon the foundation, but he built the wrong things on the foundation. You see, Jesus Christ isn't the loser at the judgment seat of Christ, but there are some of us Christians that will lose some things. We'll lose reward, but we won't lose our eternal life. Praise God for that. But the Bible says, He shall be saved, yet as so by fire. And um, the foundation remains, the foundation doesn't burn, but man, he'll smell like smoke at the judgment seat of Christ, that's for sure. That's for sure. And, uh, and look at 1 John 2.28 as we close today. 1 John 2.28, now little children, he's speaking to Christians. He says, abide in me, or abide in him, that when he shall appear... Ye may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You know, there's a lot of people who are hiding. They're hiding from God. They don't want to meet the Lord. They're saved, praise God. They have the right foundation, but they've been building the wrong things on that foundation. They're ashamed, meaning they're not looking for God. They're hoping for more time. And there's many people that are lost that say, well, someday I'll get saved. But there's also a lot of Christians that say, well, someday I'll get right with the Lord. Uh, someday, I'll, someday I'll start living for God. Someday when I grow spiritually and I have more understanding, I have more ability and I have more uh, talent and I have more understanding of biblical truths, then I'll start living for God. My friend, that's a lie of the devil. That's a lie of the devil. You may never see someday. You only have this, uh, this day. And and praise God, he'll forgive you for your past, and you just confess that to the Lord and get things right with the Lord. And today you can uh, go out of here rejoicing, not ashamed at the coming of the Lord. And if the Lord came back today, you could just be up there in heaven rejoicing and say, praise God, I got things right. You know, I may not have taken as many years or not maybe had as many years to build on the foundation, but I, I got things cleared out. I confessed it to the Lord, and I began uh, on, a, on February 21st, 2021, to live for the Lord. And, and I got things right with Him. And I got it all confessed and cleared up and dealt with. You can begin today afresh and anew and praise God for new beginnings. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. See, Jesus isn't, isn't, the, isn't the problem. He's faithful. He's just. And he'll forgive us of our sins and cleanse us, 1 John 1, 9, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He'll clear all that stuff up. You come to him and just deal with it and just say, here you are, Lord, here I am. And, and remember, it's not about your ability. Some people think, well, someday when I get more talent. No, 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 no. Where did God put you today? What has God given you to work with today? Don't keep pushing it off tomorrow because someday you'll say, well, it's not because I don't have talent now, but it's, I, I wish I had started earlier, so why do I start today? There's always going to be an excuse for why you don't serve the Lord. There's always going to be a reason for why you don't start and get things right and start afresh. Hey, today is the day to get that settled. 
Get it cleared up with the Lord and, and start living for Him. Start building on that beautiful foundation of your salvation in Jesus Christ and start building things that last and things that remain. And if you're serving the Lord already, praise God for it, but don't lose uh, that reward because of a bad attitude or because of, uh, uh, of thinking you don't have any ability. So you just sit in church and just say, well, nobody's going to, there's no need for me to serve God because they don't need me at church. They don't need my abilities because I don't have any. Don't be put on the sidelines because of that lie. Get it all cleared up with the Lord. Get it all confessed and dealt with today. And then start building the right things on your foundation. In closing, if you're not saved today, the Lord Jesus Christ wants to save you. He wants to cleanse you and make you his child. Make you a joint heir with him. God's children, my friend, uh, are blessed. You might be thinking, well, I don't want to be a Christian because I can't have any fun. I can't do all the things that I want to do. Maybe someday I'll get, that, I'll get saved so uh, you know, I don't go to hell. My friend, you don't have someday. Get it settled right now. Get it settled right now. But you'll find that God's children are blessed. God's children are blessed. And we know how to have fun too. Okay, We can have fun as a Christian. Well, I don't want to have that kind of fun. That fun's boring. You know, watching Sheffy on Friday night's not my idea. Of that. You know, that's not fun. Hey, no regrets, amen? No regrets. Not living for yourself. Living for others. Looking for opportunities, how that God can work through you. And by the way, the work of God, the church, the working church is not within these four walls. This is where you learn how to work for God. The work of God goes on outside of this building, my friend. Hey, there's opportunities to serve God right here, but that's, that's not God's finished, uh, you know, He's not finished with you when you leave on Sunday morning. Come in and go Thursday night. The work of God is every day of the week. You go to work at your job. Hey, by the way, if you do that as unto the Lord, amen, yeah, you'll receive re- reward in heaven and your response, your attitude uh, at your workplace. But there's opportunities for you to witness wherever you're at. In the homeschool, at the school, at the job, uh, at the grocery store, at the hardware store, at the stoplight, on the freeway. God has a place for you to serve, and uh, we need to get busy, not just in the church. Praise God for all the people that want to work in ministry, but it's outside. The ministry of God goes outside these four walls, too. But get busy serving Him. But if you're not saved this morning, come to Jesus and receive that free gift of salvation. I'll be standing right down here. I want to talk to you about that. Let's get that cleared up. And, 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 and your, your eternal life. But also as a Christian, let's com, come and take care of those things. Let's come and pray and ask God for help. He will give us grace. He'll give us help. He'll, he'll strengthen you. He'll be there with you. You think God's going to try to interfere with you getting right with Him? No, my friend. He's He's halfway there. He's waiting for you. He's ready to receive you. Like the the prodigal son's father, he's just looking for you, saying, hey, come on home, get things right. Let's get that settled today. Let's pray. Lord, I do pray that you bless this time in your word. I pray that you'd help us as we uh, just uh, seek to honor you and glorify you. That's what the work is for. It's not for our glory. Uh, the, The church is to bring glory to you, Lord. And you want to be glorified through the church and, and, and through our lives. But, Lord, help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Help us not to live for self. Help us to deny the flesh and to say, Spirit of God, I want to live for you. I want to to sow to the Spirit. I want to honor you. God, we know you will do that work. You'll meet us there. 
You're already there waiting for us, Lord, calling us to come home. I pray that you would work in the lives of these Christians, in this church, but also in the lives of the unsaved. Maybe they're here in this service, maybe they're watching online, but wherever that person is, Lord, that's, that's hearing this message from the word, may you touch them and, and speak to them that they would just come to you just as they are. Nothing that they're bringing with them because you're not going to take our good works. You only receive us based on one thing, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ, the grace of God that saves us through our faith that we exercise. We just come to you and say, by faith I receive your gift, God. I receive what Jesus did for me. And when Jesus comes into our life, the Bible says, Lord, you've told us that you'll wash our sins away. You cleanse us. Cleanse us. Make us whole. Make us complete. If we're in Christ, we're a new creation. Praise God for that. Old things passed away. All things becoming new. Thank you for that promise. Lord, help us today.